Blog Talk Radio. time with Pastor Steph. Rise and shine. You're on with this due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? Hmm. We started off the week shaking the Monday morning blues, and we talked about the relationship between a woman and her husband. And she said, after they said, I do, he became a pathological liar. And she wanted to make sure that all of the people who was reading her article understood some of the signs of a liar. Well, one of the things she said is if it feels too good to be true, it probably is. Now, that's the first thing. If you're worried about your feelings, oh yeah, because the feelings are always going to take you into another direction and you're not going to pay attention to the things that are real because you're going to be so in love. Well, she said, uh, well, <laughs> if they dismiss your feelings, then you know they lying. Oh, well, you got to think about it. If they dismiss your feelings, They don't necessarily have to be a liar. They are definitely not the one for you. So, you know, you got to pay attention to that one. And she says, well, mm -hmm." they get defensive when you point out any inconsistency in their story. And that shows that they're a liar. Yeah, that could definitely be one of the signs. So, you know... We always talk about that dating season and utilizing that dating season to gauge who these people are. And when you don't do that, and when you're in la-la land, yeah, you're going to go down the wrong road and miss the liar possibly. 
All right. All right. Wow. It was the switch tip with Shantice Day. And the switch tip for the week, stop going back to what's familiar. So if we keep that in the same vein of, you know, knowing whether he or she is a liar, you know, one of the things is we don't stay away from what is familiar. Yeah, we always go back to, you know, what we like, the same things that we are accustomed to, the same things we don't pay attention to. Yeah, that can take you down the wrong road. All right? All right, so don't go back to what's familiar. The Bible says that uh, it could be just like, you know, a dog going back to its own vomit. Mm. And that's how we spent our Monday. Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. And we got to talking about the mom who was upset because she gave her child uh, money. Well, not money, but stuff. She bought a child stuff to, to put in the parade and throw down the aisle and... Another parent did the same thing, but the other child threw away all their stuff immediately, and the teacher decided that she was going to take from this woman's son to give to the little girl, and she did the same thing. And now the son did not have enough stuff to throw down the aisle for the duration of the parade. And, you know, as always, anything can be converted into a church folk situation, and uh, we talked about the church people who do what? Mm. They constantly do the same thing. You know, they spend their money on whatever it is they need to spend their money on, and they keep coming back to the church to help, ask the church to help pay their bills. And, you know, the pastors and Shanti said, hey, we have to educate people. You know, we can't allow them to believe that the church is going to be an endless pit to help with habits that they are not paying attention to. Yeah. And uh, you got to sit down and you got to educate them. Yeah. Well, first of all, people need to uh, have the desire to be educated because if they're not, hmm. That's not going to be very successful. All right? All right. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and we got to talking with our girlfriend, Vivian, about the New Mexico teacher who allowed the children, no, well, she brought the swords to school and allowed the children to play with the swords because there was some lesson in there somewhere. And um, unfortunately, one of the young ladies ended up with uh, permanent damage to her wrist. And uh, now Mama is suing. Yeah, well, she needs to. Who allows children to play with swords? Well, the ladies got to talking about signs that you have a hard heart. And oh, we, 
like talking to anyone. Yep. When you shut down the world and you don't want to talk to anybody because, you know, your heart has been fixated on some things that uh, hurt you and uh, you don't want to allow God to permeate that heart. Yeah, that's a sign you have a hard heart. Everyone's advice seems bad to you. You know, you can't get no good advice from anybody. Yeah, that, that's a little sign there that you have a hard heart. Well, you need to go back and hear the rest of the signs. And not only that, but you hear how you can kind of go around that feeling and get the other side. And fix that hard heart or position God, or position yourself so that God can fix that hard heart. Okay? All righty. Well, Therapeutic Thursday was here before we knew it, and we got to talking about that disagreement between Dr. Phil and the ladies of The View when Dr. Phil accused uh, shows like The View and, and others, like newscasters and news shows, he blamed them for the condition of our young people. Yeah. The fact that back in 2020, they were the ones who pressured people to keep their children locked down in isolation so that they would not get sick in, you know, the COVID situation. And now these same children have anxiety issues and depression and loneliness and they're suicidal and the fact that we are in 2024 and some of them are still experiencing those feelings. Well, you know, if it wasn't for The View or shows like The View, our young people would not be where they are today. Well, it was a wonderful conversation over here with the Due Time crew as to whether they agreed with Dr. Phil or not. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, and that's how we spent our week. Boy, it's exciting. Some good conversations throughout this week, definitely. Some eye-opening experiences and conversations and, you know, giving God thanks for the fact that he can use these topics to enlighten us as to, you know, what he wants for our life. That not that wonderful? That you can take everyday situations and just allow God to show you who you are and to show you how you navigate through the week, through the through your life. Yeah. You know, we, we cover a lot here in a week's period. Yeah. So I suggest you go back and listen. Because if you didn't pick up on uh, one thing, you'll definitely pick up on another. All right? All right. Well, today 
is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do. And talk to the men is what we do best. Yep, on a Friday, you know, we get to hear what they think, and uh, we made it, y'all. By the grace of God, we are here at the end of the week. Woo! It's been some kind of week. It has been some kind of week. So, we're going to get this party started. All right? So, go ahead and put your hands on that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. Spoons and pacifiers, you share bacteria that causes tooth decay in your child's mouth. Go, go, go! This assault is 100% preventable. Brush and floss twice a day to keep the cavities away. Moms, it's up to you. Healthy habits for a healthy smile. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. By the grace of God, we made it. We made it and uh, I, for one, am happy. It is Friday. It's been some kind of week. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. But I'm grateful to God that we're on this side of the week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in a little while, God spares will be shutting it down, going into the Sabbath day. Where you can put all of the world behind you. And I don't know about the rest of you, but it's a privilege. It's a privilege. You know, years ago, you used to think of it, you know, as some, you know, something hard to put everything. But, man, I got to tell you, I am so glad that. We get that opportunity to shut it down. Yeah. Well, 
you know, we've just come from our Black History Month, and I was looking through some of the stuff that I had in my arsenal, and I I saw that I have been I've been looking through some lists all month of some things that were invented by our African American, our black, whichever way you wanna say it. You know, people still have this, you know, feeling about being called African American and some people have Feelings about being called black And you think of all the stuff that We go through in life You know, people feel this way for that And people, you know Feel another way for another reason And I don't know You know, I just You know, what's important for some people Is not important to others And it hasn't necessarily you know, bothered me. You know, I know this African-American thing is, you know, I know, what's his name? Morgan Freeman has, you know, he's expressed some uh, dislike for that expression, that title, if you will. You know, my thing is if, you know, 900 years ago, our people came from, Africa, am I saying that I'm African-American? Am I even counting so far back? (laughs) I don't know. I guess all I know is God is my father. That's all that matters. But nonetheless, February is a month where we focus on all of the things that, you know, we as the darker people... (laughs) have done, and I just happened to go through the list and see some things, you know, that we've created, well, not created, but invented, and I thought about some of the essential things or things that we don't think much about or things that we, that's like just a part of our life, and I think that's what kind of caught my attention. And so I'm just going to shout out some things that we've put out there that really has changed our life or makes a difference in our life. And the potato chip, man, I just have to have my yellow lays at times. Chef George Crumb. Born in 1824, he created, if you will, he invented the potato chip back in 1853 when a, they say a customer complained about some thick fried potatoes. He decided to cut them up real thin and fry them, and thus the potato chip. Well, we have heard about George Washington Carver with his uh, 
experiments that started in 1896, and uh, they say he was the one responsible for unveiling 518 new products in 1914. Ink, dye, soap, flour, vinegar to synthetic rubber. Well, I say, well, whoever, wherever vinegar came from, man, that and baking soda, baby. Woo! Those were game changers. Let's see who else. Well, we always talk about that traffic light, and that's thanks to our Garrett Morgan, and that came about in 1922. And uh, then the gas mask. Mm, mm, mm. Can you imagine? We were responsible for the gas mask. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. What else are we talking about here? Hmm. Mary. Patrice Davidson Canner. Now, I don't know about you ladies. Yeah, man, close your ears for a second. I, you know, I, I, think, I, I say to Shanti sometimes, girl, y'all complain about pads? Mm. We used to have to wear those stupid belts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and every time I changed my dressing, on my stomach to cover my wound. They call, you know, they call it an AB pad, and that's to absorb all of the liquids that uh, come from my stomach. And that's what we used to wear as a sanitary pad. Well, our girl, Mary Patrice Davidson Kenna, was responsible for us some adjustments to the sanitary bill. Mm, 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 mm. She also is responsible for walking frames, mountable toilet tissue holder, and the back washer for the shower. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Well, Marie Van Britten Brown, born in 1922, from Queens, New York. Well, she is responsible for the two-way microphone, peepholes, and monitors. Mm-mm, Wow. Can you imagine? Wow. Well, we got Shirley Jackson, born in 1946, who's responsible 
for the touch-tone phone, fiber optic cables, and caller ID. <laughs> How many of you are happy you got the caller ID now? Remember, man, we used to just answer the phone, and whoever was on the other end was on the other end. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Now, because of Ms. Shirley Jackson, we can say thank you that I already know who's calling before I answer the phone. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Well, Lonnie Jackson, born in 1949, is responsible for the Super Soaker water gun. Wow. Wow. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Well, Lisa Gello, well, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. Lisa G., born in 1971, is responsible for launching the Hulu. Yeah, the Hulu app. Well, go ahead, Lisa girl. What else? You know, Hulu is uh, one of my favorite go-tos. I don't know about you. Well, the dustpan. Lloyd Ray. Back in 1897, the dustpan. What about the folding chair? Wow. Back in 1855, John Cram. Not just the folding chair, but the armless chair. Wow. The street letter drop box with a hinged door. Wow. Philip Downing. Mm, back in 1891. Well, ironing board. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. The ironing board. Wow. Back in 18. 18- 1992, the ironing board. Mm. What else? The lawn sprinkler. Wow. G, I'm sorry, J.W. Smith, back in 1897. Mm. Wow. Well, the 3D movie, yeah. Back in 1980, the 3D movie was enhanced. Yeah. Wow. The electric microphone. Wow. Now, they say that this electric microphone was less expensive to produce than the regular um, microphone. Yeah. Wow. Refrigerated trucks. How about that? Wow. That's how y'all got Wild Wednesday. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Nice, nice, nice. Blood banks. How about that? Dr. Crew. Blood banks. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. 
masking tape and clear adhesive tape. Wow, you could thank one of us, Richard Drew, for that one. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you, I didn't know. Ranch dressing. Okay, okay. Somebody was fiddling around, and uh, the ranch dressing became a thing. Now, here's what I thought was really interesting, and I mean, maybe some of you, you know, it ain't a big thing to you, but let's talk about Grandmaster Flash. Now, y'all remember Grandmaster Flash? Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five? Yeah, well, they say that he was responsible for what they call the quick mix theory, also known as the backspin technique or beat juggling. And that's when a DJ flips back and forth between two different records. And they they call it the smooth, melodic way. Wow. And, you know, there's no... There's no break. You know, it just goes straight from one to the next. He's responsible for that. They say he also is responsible for what they call punch phrasing. I'm sorry, punch phrasing, where he would isolate a short portion of one instrumental and then rhythmically play that over another one. He's also responsible for scratching. Wow. I didn't know. Well, I always knew Grandmaster Flash was the DJ. I always knew that. But I did not know that he was the one responsible for those things, those things that we have come to know about in our um. DJ music. Well, the they say the modern toilet. <laughs> Thomas Elkins is responsible for that. Back in 1872. Wow, I guess that is in comparison to the outhouse. Mm, okay. Well, remember we just talked about Shirley Jackson being responsible for caller ID, which is also responsible for call waiting. Now, big ups to her, because remember we used to call and get a busy signal? No, wait, wait, wait. See, our millennials don't know nothing about this one. How about when we would be on the phone for so long, and then you'd hear a little boop, And then you would hear, there's an emergency call from, wow. How many of you remember that? When people used to break into your phone call, they used to call the operator. We don't know nothing about calling the operator now. Yeah. There was a person on the other end who would get, like, things done for you. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Boy, talk about. 
going back in time. Well, Jerry Lawson is responsible for the video game cartridge. Wow. He must be a quadrillionaire. Goodness gracious. Mm, All right. Wow. Well, those are some of the things that we have really come to rely on in our life. All because of God and us. And, you know, I think about how we have become, you know, for many, many years ago, we're the hated ones. Can you imagine that? We're the, you know, they don't, they hate us. The people hate us. And to think that we had so many different um, contributions. Imagine that. That we've talked about so many things just this morning. When I didn't even go through some of the things that are more commonly known. And here you are hating us so much. Mm. I don't know. Giving God thanks. Because if you would if you would think about the way they think about it, it doesn't seem like we've contributed anything and we just breathing and our little breath is useless. Mm 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 I see it. I see it. So, you know, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to bring that up as we just came out of, you know, Black History Month and how many things that, you know, God has really used us for. I mean, countless things, but just some of those things that we have really, really come to rely on that, you know, the people that hate us rely on as well. I don't know if you think about it like that, but I I sure do. I sure do. So what are we talking about in our news today? <sighs> Let's see, where do we even start? Where do we start, y'all? Well, one of the things that I did want to talk about was Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah. You know, this was the time back in uh, 2020. We just crossed over that whole situation with Ahmaud Arbery and him being falsely suspected, they say, Mm-mm-mm. of uh, burglarizing that house. You know, he was in it too long, and they saw him there quite a few times. And George and Travis McMichael, along with their buddy, William Bryan, how they chased him down and 
Oh, boy. Murdered him at the age of 25. Well, you know, thank God of, you know, you know, whether, you know, some people talked about, you know, the judge that gave them life and uh, how that was a sham and they only did it because and I don't know if I even care why. You know, sometimes for me, you know, I, I can't care why. You know, it's like, all right, you know what, God, just thank you. You know, other times you do care why, but this was one time it's like, listen, whether, you know, people are angry that, you know, they said they were used as a, you know, like a little token. It only happened because the judge was scared not to. Well, you know what, if if that was used in order to get the sentencing and, um, uh, you know, there were three life sentences, then you know what? Oh, well. Oh, well. You know, what are you going to get more than life? The death penalty. And, you know, the death penalty, they're going to die. You know, but if you're made to live out for the rest of your life, you know, in jail, and sometimes people just live the rest of their lives in jail and, you know, some people say that that's not really a punishment because they still get to live while other people die. Well, you know what? I don't know about us taking people's lives. That's not a, you know, it's one thing when you punish a person. It's another thing when you take someone's life. And I don't know if I want to be that individual who's responsible for, you know, that, that injection that kills someone or the one who presses the button for the gas chamber or the one who's behind the gun, you know, in the firing squad. And, you know, I don't know if I want to be that person, you know, because is is that how God's going to charge me later? Mm, I don't know about all that. I got enough to worry about without me making those kind of moves. Just my daily living I got to pay attention to and make sure I stay out of hell. That's enough than to put that on my resume, and that's what God is charging me with. Well, you're the one who pressed the button for the McMichaels. Mm, you know, no, that's all right. I, <laughs> no, 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 thank you. You know, so I just wanted to uh, bring up, you know, back on February 23rd, is when all of that got started. Yeah. I remember when we first started it to do time. That was one of the socially conscious stories that Vivian started following here on his due time. So it was a lot to uh, talk about because that was huge. That was a huge story. So mm, can't forget about that one. What else are we talking about here? Well, <laughs> did it is in the papers one more time, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to be talking about that one in a minute. 
<sighs> well, here's one that I definitely I've been holding on all week, and somehow it's just I keep overlooking this, but finally it hit my radar again this morning. You know, there's a woman who had her um, life turned upside down, and she says that she's applauding the fact that an Illinois judge mm -mm -mm, is now paying for something that he did. Yeah, and a lot of times in these situations, you know, we've been talking about these judges and all of these people who could make the difference in lives, and they're not doing such a great job. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, she had, mm, she says that, let me make sure I got this, this here right, because I don't want to be quoting people wrong. All right, here we go. We got this story. They say she was at the center of a case where a judge overturned the conviction of a guy who was accused of sexual assault. Mm. And two years ago, this is all, you know, this is what went down. And she's been dealing with this all this time. And now this particular judge has been kicked off the bench. Yeah. And finally, she feels like she's gotten some kind of a good feeling and good turnout from this particular decision when he overturned the initial decision. And now they have put him out, taking him off the bench. And, you know, that that's something that we've been talking about. You remember last week we talked about the fact that Alvin Bragg didn't do his job and now you had the guy out, you know, in uh, another state who they're looking to prosecute that he, you know, because he didn't do it. And, you know, these judges are really, really, really upsetting a lot of lives. And, you know, what do you think you these people feel when, you know, they don't feel like justice has been served? Some, you know, major turn of event happened in their life, and, you know, when they get to court, you know, these judges kind of throw out the case or, you know, they find these people not guilty and, you know, or the judge, they find them guilty, but the judge doesn't, you know, they don't do their part. And we've been talking about the soft on crime judges. And finally, you know, she's like, well, yes, he hurt me. This man hurt me. And when we got to court, the judge switched everything around. Well, now he doesn't have a job. Yes, 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 and yes. And you know what? You don't want to rejoice, you know, when things happen to other people. But I have to tell you, you know, sometimes that's the way you feel when something's been done to you, something wrong's been done to you, or when you feel like you haven't received justice 
And lo and behold, here was something that she felt she was finally, you know, satisfied with what was going on. So remove him off the bench, and that would make me happy. And she got what she wanted. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I know all of you have been, you know, hearing about this Jam Master J situation. And, you know, talk about years of, you know, conversation and years of trying to find out exactly who killed him. And, you know, I have to tell you that when it came out recently that he was doing some things that kind of got him caught up in you know in something and now that may have cost him his life you know was kind of like a little shock for me because I don't know if you remember but back when you know they murdered him in his um studio it was always the appearance that, you know, just some people went up in there and for no reason they shot him and that's the way it's always been put out there. Like, you know, Paul Jam Master J, you know, all he was doing was sitting up in his studio and, you know, all of a sudden these people broke in and there were some people that knew who um, the killers were, but they didn't say anything. It was really no information, the mass part of the information given all these years. Well, it wasn't until the murder trial finally came up over the past few weeks. And I, I didn't really follow the story, you know, from when... They first started going to court. I'm sorry, to uh, I'm sorry to to, to uh, the, the trial itself. I just didn't. It was just too much for me to try to follow, and I didn't really get it from the beginning. So I figured I'd wait and look for the summary. And lo and behold, the summary is out here because they finally been convicted, and even with that. Still, there's some uh, some stuff that they're saying is really not out here. Well, anyway, let me try to give this little recap for those of you who have not followed or maybe decided to do the same thing I've been doing, and that's like busying myself till we got to this point. So, here's how the story goes based on the reports. I kind of read over a couple of different reports to kind of get something neutral. So, all right, so first of all, for those of you who don't remember, Jam Master J was the DJ for Run DMC. Yeah, you can't forget Run DMC. They were kind of like the pioneers of hip-hop. And he was gunned down in October of 2002, October 30th to be exact, of 2002. And, again, this has been a mystery because 
everybody who did know wouldn't talk. And I do remember that. They they really were saying that a lot of people knew, but they just could not get these people to talk. Well, they're kind of revealing why the people wouldn't talk. So they say two people's names have always been at the center of this particular murder, and that's Ronald Washington, who was his childhood friend, and called Jordan Jr., who was his godson at the time, if you will. And mm, they weren't talking, first of all, because these were two people that were very close to him. And when they were let into the, what do you call it, the studio that day, everybody knew who they were. You know, this, this is his childhood friend and the godchild and all of this stuff. So, you know, this ain't no mystery as to who they were. And the people have been afraid that if they identified them, that they would come back, you know, and, you know, kind of do some additional murders. So uh, they kind of held on to, you know, their little piece of information. Well, when they sentenced, when they were sentenced the other day, these two people are still yelling innocence. You know, one of them was yelling, y'all just killed two innocent people. That was mm, the close friend, the childhood friend, after, you know, the, the guilty verdict came down. And the 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 uh the godson is I love y'all that's what he's yelling in the uh courtroom he didn't quite say you know as much as the other uh person but they say it was quite a bit of ruckus in the courtroom and there's still you know the uh the attorneys are still saying that those were, you know, they were not the two who did it. They don't care what has been going on. But here's the thing that I think kind of shocked everybody because, again, there was just this perception that he was just killed for no reason, if you will. But they say that there was a plan for Jam Master J to sell 10 kilos of cocaine. Through these two, through the the friend and the godson, to somebody in Baltimore. And somehow or another, the connection in Baltimore, you know, that relationship went wrong. And they had a dispute with the best friend. And somehow or another... It rolled around to Jam Master J because he was the middleman. And they got to a greed level, a jealousy level, and decided to kill him to get the cocaine and distribute it and sell it as they wanted to. That's the way this story is being given 
in the articles that I've been reading over the past couple of days. And, you know, they're saying that they don't really know whether, you know, um, the guy in Baltimore, what the real, um, how close he was to Jam Master J and their, the inv- how deep that involvement was, whether that he was just a connection or there was some kind of mastermind uh, plan between the two that ultimately went wrong and you know, one you're not you're, listen, the bottom line is the he say she say thing. You know, they say that this is the way it happened and you know, Jam Master J was not just the middleman, but he may have been the cause of this rift between the Baltimore connection and the best friend and just was he more involved than just a jealousy issue that would have made the best friend kill him. Well, the people who let him in, or the two of them into the studio, are the ones that are saying that it was the two of them. So this is one of the reasons why they ended up being convicted, because those were the two names that have been dropped ever since 2002. But when they wanted to push and take it to court, the people kept backing out of their stories. So that's what's made it so difficult. So here we are, 22 years later, and them pushing to this level now. And now this is finally going to court, and this is why these two have been, you know, found guilty. And now... uh they're like, thank God it's finally done. They've been convicted. So I don't know. You know, you know, when things take so long, does the truth ever really come out? I don't know. I don't know. You know, just again, this has been such a mystery. Look how long they took with with Biggie's um murder trial, you know, murder case and Tupac's murder case, how that took you know, a couple decades, and, you know, I don't know. You know, this is kind of, is it is it settled? You know, you say, well, you know, these two are still yelling even from, you know, this, this court, you know, this trial. You know, y'all got the wrong people, and, you know, are they telling the truth? Are there more people involved? I honestly believe, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I honestly believe that when things take so long to come to the surface, you never really get all the truth. Because, listen, 22 years, there's a lot of stuff lost in all of that. What happened? If you think about 22 years of your life, just think about the last 22 years of your life. And how much stuff ha- you know ha- has gone on in your life, and then you're talking about multiple people. Again, no, there's still a question of as to how much was Jam Master J involved, other than being the middleman with all of these kilos of cocaine that he wanted to sell, and the fact that he was doing this. This was his thing. On the side, nobody knew. They say not even run and DMC 
did not know, know that he was involved in all of this. And see, this is one of the reasons why we, we as Christians, we ain't got no business in this game of being sitting on somebody's jury. Because if you're sitting on jury of a story that's been unfolding and 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 existing for 22 years, who can you believe? First of all, there's a dead man who they are saying is the middleman. He didn't even tell his story. So you don't even know how detailed this story is, what's being left out, who's being left out. Man, God only knows this true, this e true Hollywood story. But this is, as far as they're concerned, the end of the road. You know, of course, there's going to be, you know, some uh, continuation from the attorneys. They've already said it. You know, the attorneys said they're not resting with this. And um, how long is this going to go on? Man been dead for 22 years. Do you ever really find out the truth is my question. And before I bring on my uh, due time men, you know we got to talk about the latest Diddy story. He's being sued again this time. Oh, this now this here, this particular story is definitely not the first time you've heard of him being involved with men. Yeah, the men are now coming out big time. And here's the bad part, because this is something that is really recent. Yeah, they're talking about one of his more recent producers that is now sounding the alarm, accusing him of sexual assault, grooming, and improper payment. Now, this grooming thing has been a definite accusation when it comes to Diddy. Oh, yeah. And this is not new. This is not new at all. This particular producer has come forth with some real graphic descriptions and accusations. And uh, the same, kind of like the same thing about the prostitutes and having him participate in sexual acts that the ladies were accusing him of. And again, um, he's saying that, you know, Diddy was grooming him to be with other men, which is definitely not the first time you've heard of this story. Yeah, the younger boys um, or the younger young men <laughs> have definitely um, talked about this. This has definitely been chatter, and which is why when the ladies came forth with it, these stories were so believable. Because it wasn't like some of the other um, people who have been accused where all of a sudden their names started dropping. This has been big chatter. Now, I've even heard about some of this stuff, and I'm always, 
you know, the last one to even get involved or hear, rather, these accusations. Because you really, most times you're following these artists or artists um, who are involved with these people. So, you know, now check this out. Three, I'm sorry, 30 million. So I don't, what is with the 30 million thing? Because he's going after 30 million just like Cassie did. And I don't know. He may be wealthy, but I'm trying to figure out how many 30 mils he got to put out there. Because after a while, you're going to have to run out of some money. I mean, you ain't going to have this endless flow. And he's paid out the 30 million to Cassie. And it's only anyone's guess as to how many other cases that have been behind the scenes that he's put into people's pockets. Yeah, yeah. He ain't going to have money forever. That, that's all I know. That bank account will go down because, again, you've got all the people who are coming forward now that are putting him in spotlight. Then you've got all the people who have over the years, the decades, that he's probably paid. And you've got who he's paying now. These are only the people that are actually getting attention. So I don't know. I don't know. But this ain't going to be, you know, something that uh, is going to stay Silent. I don't know. Well, I got a couple of stories that I want to run by our uh, our due time men. So let's say good morning first. I mean, ain't much for us to talk about before we go into these stories. But let's say good morning to our Pastor Vinny. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Good morning. Good morning. Good. Morning. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. I would love to see Pastor KL's face right about now. Hey. (laughs) I love it. How are you? Good? Good morning. I'm great. Oh, man. I am great. Hey, it's starting to warm up down here. Okay. All right. I'm I'm feeling you. I thought I had moved back to New York. All right. All right. The days have been so cold. All right. All right. It's getting back to normal. Good. Very good. Very good. Good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to our Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Morning, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Bill. Right now, the hearts still beating over there. This is the battle of the good mornings, everybody on the It's two times with Pastor Stephen Radio Show. Hey, Pastor KL. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) 
Boy, my men are raring and ready to go this morning. I don't have to ask you how you doing there with that good morning. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I tired, boss. I tired. I tired. <laughs> well, you got that that good morning from somewhere, so you only but so tired. Wow. Well, gentlemen, I got two stories for you that I want to run by you. I don't know if Brother Al is going to join us, but you know, I always, you know, love to see Brother Al's number jump up on this uh, board with the rest sure. of you. But let's talk about this. Jeffrey Osborne concert silliness. So, you two definitely remember who Jeffrey Osborne is. For those of you who may not know, On the Wings of Love. Yes, that Jeffrey Osborne we're talking about. Well, Jeffrey Osborne initially started with the group LTD. And he branched off into his own, you know, and he became a solo artist. He's been around since the 70s. And back in 1986, he recorded a song, Can You Woo Woo Woo? And I hated this song. I don't know about you two guys. I could, oh, my goodness gracious, I couldn't stand this. Can You Woo Woo Woo? That was not my uh, Jeffrey Osborne jam. But this woo-woo-woo has been a staple in his concerts. Now, for those of you who don't know, I did go to a Whispers concert, and Jeffrey Osborne opened up for them. And I have to tell you, he did a fantastic job. He really did. He really did. This was this was uh, quite a few years ago. But one of the thing, one of the songs he did, which is one of his biggest sellers was the woo 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 song and what he does in the concert is he actually goes around through the attendees and he allows them to sing can you woo 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 and the whole um round and you know you get some people you know who are really good so afterwards you get ah Everybody's yelling, and it's men and women. It's not just men. It's not just women. It's not just black. It's not just white. It's not just young. It's not just old. It's kind of like whoever he goes to. He also has maybe some of his people kind of go through, because he can't go through the entire um, theater. So, you know, they go around also. Well, he's been doing this forever, ever since 1986 when he recorded the song. This has been a staple in his concerts. So, Jeffrey Osborne is 75 years old, y'all. I was like, what? Did y'all know Jeffrey Osborne was that old? I was like, yo, I didn't. Did you know that, Pastor K.L.? No, he ain't woo-woo-woo or nothing no more. Uh Uh-huh. Well, what about you, Pastor Vinny? Did, Did you know he was 75 years old? Well, I, I know he was older than me. <laughs> 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 well, so I know, okay, I know okay. Than well, well, you're right. He is definitely older than you because he's 75. And Jeffrey Osborne is still doing concerts. And during the wow. concert, he is still doing Can You Woo 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 and passing the <laughs> microphone around y'all so 
here's how the story goes. So he was at the Greek theater doing his concert, and when it got up to, can you woo, 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 he went up to, or his people went up to one of the women to give her an opportunity to do the can you woo, woo, woo um, <laughs> round. So when he got to her, and she, her, okay, so she got ready to sing, can you woo, 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 she was ready, microphone was right there, her girlfriend had the camera, you know, her cell phone up, getting ready to videotape her, and then he says, I want a white woman, or I want a white person. <laughs> now, wow. I, I'm assuming she was not white. Now, whether she was Hispanic, whether she was black, they don't have a picture. But the thought is she's black. And when he said, I want a white person, she said she was shocked, embarrassed, and humiliated at the time. And she tried to make light of the situation. And she says into the mic, well, I'm white. And... Despite the fact that she says, I'm white, she says that they took the microphone away from her and searched the audience to give the microphone to someone else, and it left her embarrassed and humiliated by the situation. So Mm. she is now suing, (laughs) along with her girlfriend, (laughs) <laughs> They're suing the woo 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 man for two million dollars. <laughs> wow. So Uncle Jeffrey, as they now call him, now I didn't know he graduated to be somebody uncle, but <laughs> Uncle Jeffrey is not appreciating the lawsuit. And they're like, come on, y'all. You know, she's take, she's standing on, you know, her ground. Her friend is standing her ground to say that, you know, they were really embarrassed and her friend was embarrassed. Brother Al just joined us, that the friend was embarrassed as well. And, you know, they need to, to pay her. They need to pay them. Because what happened was when they when the team got to her and handed her the microphone, you know the two big screens that they have, one on each side of the theater? Yeah. Well, they showed yeah. up in the two screens. So this is why they're saying that not only was the vi- personal videotaping of the incident um, embarrassing, but... Because they were on the two big screens, they were embarrassed, and they should be paid for this embarrassment. Brother Vinny, what say you? Mm-mm. Well, you know, you know, it got to be two million because there's two of them. <laughs> everybody wanna, okay, I didn't think about it like that. Everybody, everybody want a million, so. Um, 
Wow. That, that, that should have been coordinated a lot sooner. <laughs> you know, uh, he should have made his request known before his people went out. That's, uh, you know, this is one thing that cannot be taken back. <laughs> it's out okay. there. It's done. How many? How many? Many people actually said, "I want a white woman." I, I bet you, how many cameras popped up all of a sudden? <laughs> the following events. So, okay. I, I think they got a case. Okay. 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 It, it could have. It could have been more. More tactful. You know, it it could have been more tactful. You know, uh, or maybe he just. His age is just showing. We Patty LaBelle came to um, Daytona uh, this year, and uh, uh, me and Brendan went to see her. Patty LaBelle is seventy nine. Wow! She's still singing her old. She's still singing her old songs. I mean, she was amazing. It was my first time uh, seeing her, uh, but she was amazing, and really. Um, engaging and genuinely caring for her audience. You okay. Can't, you can't be, you can't be so bold and 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 you know all uncle uncles up and be foolish. <laughs> I mean, okay. That that was that was a a foolhardy a foolhardy uh, thing he did, and I think I think my brother might have to pay for that. Okay. Okay. Well, listen, all of our listeners, feel free to hit me up or call in to let me know, you know, or let us know what you think. Brother, um, our our Pastor Vinny says he thinks they have a case. And uh, go ahead and pursue. Pastor KL, can you woo, woo, woo? Is that worth $2 million? <laughs> not at all. Not 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 at all. First of all, you don't even know she can sing, so she might have wooed it instead of wooing it. You know what I mean? So I mean, you, you taking a chance. First of all, you know what I mean? She wasn't even going to entertain the audience. You know, and, and, and I look at it from another aspect. And maybe it's different to you, but you know, I, I do comedy on the regular stand-up comedy. And when you come into the comedy show, is that your own risk? What I say, what I do, you pay for it. You pay for it. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, I, I, I've gone to, to a Prince concert, and he got naked. Now, surely I didn't pay to see that. But what I'm going to do, sue him for sexual harassment? You know, I mean, I just don't understand. What, what I mean, no, you ain't got no case. Sit your black self down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all Unwiped. She's unwiped. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so Pastor KL says absolutely not. So we got one on each side. Good morning, Brother Al. Brother Al, are you talking to the... Good morning. To the, to the, can you hear me? Oh, okay, okay. Good morning. Oh, I can I, hear I you now. Hear, huh? I, okay. okay, I didn't hear the unmute, so I thought you didn't unmute me. Chop, chop of the oh, morning. Okay. Pastor KL, Pastor Vinny, how you doing? Good morning, my Good morning. Sir. All right. Yes, yes. yes. 
so what do you think? Do you think that this woo, 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 or the potential woo, 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 because we never got to the woo, 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 is it worth $2 million? <laughs> well, well, what is that? I didn't, well, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't hear the whole story. I caught, like, the, the end of it, so I didn't hear the whole story. I do know that you said somebody was suing somebody for something, so I'm like, well, I'm going to invite you, Pastor Seth, to come to a show and see if we can get to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick, real quick, Jeffrey Osborne, okay. part of his, he was in concert um, at the Greek Theater. I don't know where the Greek Theater was, but he was at the Greek Theater doing a concert, and one of his standards is he goes around the uh, throughout the audience, or his team goes throughout the audience, and they choose people to do a round of, can you woo, woo, woo? So they got to one woman, and, you know, as she took the mic, her girlfriend got the camera ready. They popped, the two of them popped up on the two big projector screens that were on each side of the room. And as she got to woo, 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 Jeffrey Osborne said, I want a white person. So she says, to save the embarrassment, supposedly, she says, well, I'm white. And uh, the team member took the microphone and proceeded to go around the room to find a white person. So she says, and the girlfriend says, that, you know, this left her humiliated, embarrassed, and they are now suing two for $2 million because she didn't get to woo, woo, woo. So what do you think? Do you think she should sue or she should win? Not should she sue, but should she win this $2 million because she didn't get to woo, woo, woo? What do you think, Brother Al? Absolutely not. I mean, it happened. I do understand you probably embarrassed. You know, I, I, I get that like, wow, you know, you're going to just take the mic from me and do that. I understand the embarrassment, but you're going $2 million because you didn't get the woo-woo? Like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. It's like, Ralph Crabbe, I wouldn't woo-woo you if I had to. No, we're not doing that. You, you, okay, you're embarrassed, you're embarrassed, but no, no, no two million for you. If that's the case, I'm going to the concert and do my thing, too. <laughs> well, I happen to agree with the side of, get on out of here with this issue and this silliness. Yo, you ain't got no case for no $2 million. Yo, how many times are we embarrassed in life? We, if it wasn't Jeffrey Osborne and it wasn't, the woo, woo, woo. Could you sue for $2 million? Stop, stop it. Cut it out. So everybody wants some money. Everything is suit worthy these days. And, you know, I really hope this does not make it in front of a judge because we pay for this. You know, I, 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 that's my tagline. Hey, I pay for this. We are actually paying every time this judge has, whatever judge, has to sit in front of these silly petty lawsuits now you really mad because you felt embarrassed 
You think that people going to remember you? Oh, you know, here we are in 2024, 2023 when this took place. Here we're going to be in 2033, and we're going to go, oh, you know that woman. You know, back in the day, I could tell you, I could point her out right now. She didn't get a chance to woo, woo, woo. And I agree with Pastor K.L. We don't know how her woo, woo, woo would have come out. So what would, had we been subjected to a woo, woo, woo that was a won't, 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 we couldn't have sued. We would have been able to sue. And I'm telling you, when we when I went to see the whispers and he went around with his microphone in the front doing the woo, woo, woo throughout the, the, the audience, there were some people, we was like, yeah, because they sounded good. And there were some people like, oh, no, please grab that microphone mm-hmm. back quick. So, But we couldn't go sue because we pay, I paid my $100 ticket to see the whispers, but yet I was listening to the bad woo-woo-woo words. So come on, come on, come on. Just <laughs> stop, stop trying to find a dollar in everything and... It, it's to me, I it's ridiculous. Stop, just you know. Somebody you know, said, yes. You know, Pastor, if I could jump in real quick. You know, when you look at it, right? They want to, they want to um, sue for two million dollars. But here's another thing: what about the people who go to the comedy shows and the guys in the comedy show, you know, start t- telling jokes about people and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. You don't see those times. Yeah. I mean, someone did get beat up, but. <laughs> You know, you, you, they, they didn't try to sue nobody for $2 million. And that's even worse because this person is making fun of you in front of everybody. Right. So, you right. know, if they do that, then everybody will be able to do it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it is. There are so many other people um, that have come under some, you know, embarrassment and if everybody wanted to sue we'd be in trouble you know there there is they they showed us a series of comments and one of the people said we were at that jeffrey osborne show that's the most ridiculous lawsuit i've heard about in a minute again people are not going to remember you um so go sit down somewhere go sit down somewhere all righty now I have another story that I am dying to get your opinions on. And we've got a story about a North Carolina school. And what they did was for Black History Month, they decided to give the students an opportunity to feel what it was like to live in segregated times. And North Carolina, for those of you who don't know, is still fighting levels of segregation, they say. So this is this was a perfect opportunity to try to break the younger generation out of this segregation mentality by allowing them to live in it, really, really live in it. So what they did was they built, <laughs> they, they put a sign up between two doors, and the sign above the two doors that sat in the middle of the door, doors said Sears, 
in other words, Sears and Roebuck, the old Sears store. And it says 1930 underneath it. And one door to the left said colored entrance. And the other door on the right said white entrance. And they thought it was the perfect opportunity to allow the kids to feel and see what it was like to have to to be forced to go into only one door to be disallowed to use whatever door you like and hopefully when the, and they were going to leave this up for the month the plan was to leave it up for the month and they mandated that they take it down immediately. It was taken down within a few hours. That's how quickly it, the word got around, and it got around to the the, the uh, principal, and you know was not consulted. And when the principal got whiff of it, the principal had them take it down immediately, and. <laughs> that lesson could not be learned. Brother Al, what do you feel about this particular lesson? Do you think it was a good idea? You know, it was taken down too soon. They compared it to some other instances that I'm going to give you in a minute. But what's your thought? Um, I, you know, I, 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 thought it, I think that it was a great idea. And um, I say that because, you know, me working in the school system and seeing the stuff that goes on, you know, these kids need to see and understand what our people went through to fight to get us where we needed to be, you know. And we still have a long way. I mean, I look at the school system, all we do is clap these kids on the wrist. You know, unfortunately, uh, two weeks ago, we had a girl in my school, a sixth grader, got argued with somebody else and stabbed the other girl in her hand, and nothing happened. It's like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, this like, this kid is a minor, and it, it, it would take the heck out of me. So I think they need to. I think that was a good idea for them to see this is what your ancestors went through so that you can come to school freely, so you can go on whatever door. You can drink from whatever uh, water fountain. So I, I think it was a great idea. I think they should have left it because that's the biggest thing. They hide so much from these kids. They don't want them to see this. They don't want them to know that. They even get to the point now where they want to take stuff. Don't even let the kids learn about slavery no more. So it's, it's crazy. They need to know it. So I, I think they should have left. Okay, okay. Uh, Pastor Vinny, what do you think of this plan, and do you think it should have been left up or it should have been taken down? <clears throat> well, first, first of all, um, who, who do you have any idea who was um, in charge of this uh, whole experiment? One of the teachers. Was it teacher, white a teacher, teacher, black teacher. No, they don't. They actually don't say. They well, yeah. it, it alludes to a black teacher, the way they tell mm-hmm. the story, because right. it's black. Te- it would it would make sense the way they were describing it that it was a black teacher that felt that they wanted. Uh, being that they're still experiencing segregation in North Carolina, that they would, right. you know, 
the way that's the way it was described that it would look like it was a black teacher. Yeah, I I I, I think they they missed an opportunity by take by taking uh, it down so quickly. I think they 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 missed a valuable opportunity. You know, I, I I'd imagine that those that wanted it down didn't want the spotlight <laughs> shown on life how it really was. Because now, you know, they're banning certain historical books and museums and and everything else just to keep the lie going. You know, oh, this never happened, uh, that never happened. But, yeah, it happened, and this is how it was. So I, I think they missed a very valuable uh, educational opportunity. Okay. All righty. Uh, Pastor K.L., you're in the great uh, Alabama. What do you think of this idea? Well, I, I think that definitely uh, they missed the opportunity. You know, I mean, they don't even show roots no more unless it's on cable, cable, cable. You know, uh-huh. special cable. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They, they they don't even show yeah. that kind of history. And we already know that that February, the month of Black History, they really not they're not saying anything. And and these young folks don't know where we come from. You know, no. they don't understand the struggle. The struggle. That's why they think everything is supposed to be given to them. You know, they they don't know. Mm-hmm you know, who paved the way in order for us to just to learn how to read. And yet you mm-hmm. don't want to go to school. You don't want to get an education. There was a time that, that we couldn't have a book in our hands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But forget about what, what door you can go into. There, there's a time we couldn't do, we couldn't even look at the white person in the eye or in the face. You, you know what I mean? So we, they, they don't know this kind of struggle. They just know the video game and this and that and give me this and mm-hmm. I need to have this because... And, and you got to overcompensate because daddy wasn't here. Listen, there was times when daddy was removed and sold somewhere else. Mm. Now daddy, mm. now daddy just leaving. But but there was times when daddy didn't have a choice, you know. And mm. and and people don't these children don't understand those stories. Okay, okay. Well, one of the door, the colored door was painted brown. Was uh, they had the brown paper over the door. And they had the white door uh, entrance that was covered with white paper. So there was no uh, confusion. They made sure that it was blatant like it used to be back in the day. And uh, I'll I'll share my um, feeling in the closing. But one of the reasons why they said they took it down was because they made an analogy to some incidences that took place last year during Black History Month. And one instance was in Miami where a preschool (laughs) was, they say, um, criticized for putting blackface on the toddlers. And that was to show another point. And they were two- and three-year-olds who had blackface on. And this was a white school, a white uh, uh, preschool. And the parents found out 
um, well, not, yeah, it was a white-owned preschool, let me put it like that. And the parents found out about it when a photo, there were photos sent out of the children in a group chat. So they had not asked the teacher, um, the parents, could they do this or what they felt about doing this, and it was not received well. So that was one of the reasons why they hurry up and snatch down the colored entrance and the white entrance sign. They also compared it to another um, Ohio middle school last year during Black History Month where they showed images of an orangutan eating watermelon and the children had to read a black historical fact (laughs) oh my gosh to recognize black history month they also compared it to i think it was last year when the school here in new york they referenced that as well when they had the college serving watermelon and something else during Black History Month. And, oh, here it is. The New York, right, the New York um, school served fried chicken and watermelon for Black History Month and added that to the um, menu menu and also at a Philadelphia Catholic school they were disciplined for pretty much doing the same thing as well as participating in a racist blackface video so they say that in Philadelphia one of the students which was a female student wore blackface and another sprayed her face Oh, while calling her a slave. So they're taking all of these instances for what has happened last year during Black History Month, and they didn't want to be compared to that. So therefore, they hurry up and snatched it down. Brother Al, is this a comparison to those instances, in your opinion? Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm just absolutely not. There's a difference between making a mockery of us and then speaking some truth, showing how things work. The other stuff with the black face and you serving chicken and watermelon and stuff, that's making a mockery of us. You you know, you, you that's being racist because what you're saying, black folks only eat chicken and watermelon, and you got the orangutan, you're doing the black faces. Those were things that were to make a mockery of us. This the, the teacher who was doing um, a segregation thing was showing, look, this is how it was. This is what your ancestors went through, um, and, and, and this is how, how they felt. See how you feel? That's how they felt, you know. So that, I don't think it's a comparison at all, period. Okay. All right. Uh, Pastor Vinny. Do you think that there's a comparison between the North Carolina um, doors of colored entrance and white entrance and all of the other instances that were cited 
during Black History Month last year. Yeah, I agree with I agree with Brother Al. Uh, uh, those 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 other instances look like they were just trying to pick fun more so than trying to to bring an educational point, you know, uh, bringing history back to life, you know, as it were. Uh, this 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 could have, like I said, this could have been a very powerful teaching tool, a teaching moment that uh, what could really uh, brought some minds over to the other side. Yeah, nothing. Has, those other instances should have been shut down, but evidently they weren't shut down. Well, they had an opportunity here to do something positive. <laughs> this time, this they got afraid of. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, do you feel, you know, that this is different and no comparison and could have, should have been left up even still? Or, you know what, this is just like those other instances and definitely um, should have been taken down? No, nah, I feel that there's definitely no comparison. Um so when, when you say they had the children, the little children, you know, as blackface. So my question would be, yeah. how, how how are they learning from that? I mean, what what what, right. what is the learning tool for that? They, they had, I mean, they they don't even forget about understanding what slavery is. You know, at, at that age, you know, everybody's a friend, black, white, whatever. How dark you are, how light you are, we you can't separate that. Now the only thing that I might agree with is that. Maybe they should have put the parents on board first before doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you know that 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 would be the only thing that that I would agree with. So that 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 the parents would understand the concept and why we're doing this, and they wouldn't take offense to it. But but other than that, it is it, no correlation. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm just gonna throw this out there. This out. You may there. have something in. Hello, I hope I don't get this echo, but I'm going to throw this out there and and maybe something comes to your mind and maybe something doesn't come to your mind. But, Brother Al, you know, you're right in the school system. Did you see them do anything this year? And uh, Pastor Vinny and and Pastor Gail, I'm going to ask you the same thing, so please think as Brother Al is talking. What do you feel the schools can do? You know, a bit, uh, uh, having an opportunity to teach the students about um, black history, what do you think? Have you seen something, um, Brother Al, or have you thought of something that they could do that would allow these children an opportunity to learn? Um, maybe they've done it and you just haven't heard about it, or, you know, does anything come to your mind? Well, one of the things is that always irritated me with the school is, um, and so far from my experience and being in a few different schools, they all do the same thing. Oh, it's Black History Month, so they'll go around and they'll get some pictures and you know a little something, a little something about 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 the person and put them up in the hallway throughout the hallway. But you don't hear nobody talking about it. You don't hear them teaching it in class, you know. And and I do more teaching other Black History than they do. <laughs> you know, um, 
I started a thing in my cafeteria in the morning where I meet the kid called Mr. Bynum Discussion Table. And the kids come over and we talk. And I've been talking about black history all month. But I, I don't see that they do it. And what happened is they try to block uh, black folk stuff so much to we just get used to it and accept it. You know, I always said it, that we should learn everybody's history. They should come in school and this month you learn about black history. This month you learn about Latino. This month you learn about Jewish. And that way I think if we know about each other's history, it would help out a lot. I think it would help out because you know. But the black history, oh, it, it gets shut down. That's why they gave us the shortest month. It gets shut down. They'll put some pictures up and think, oh, okay, well, you put some pictures up for you. No, that's not helping me. I, I need these kids to know our history. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Pastor Vinny, you know, you've been around for a minute. You you know, your children were raised in the school system. And is there something that you feel they can do during Black History Month that you just haven't seen? And, you know, these people were on to something, but that didn't, you know, work according to how, you know, you gentlemen feel. And... Is there something else that if you had your way, you would, you know, make sure was done during Black History Month? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have at least, like like Pastor Al, had some exposure. Um, I remember we used to have a, uh, during the month of February, we used to have um, black, black, more black history uh, is, is more because became more visible. We had a, a black poetry uh, where where the kids, you know, either memorized or just picked out selected readings, and we did it like in an auditorium setting. Uh, so I remember I remember that growing up uh, several times. But but again, nothing really nothing really concrete to say that. Hey, this is Black History Month. <laughs> Just you know, often, and you know, unfortunately, the church is kind of guilty on that too. It becomes just like by the way thing, you know. Oh, oh by the way, we're gonna this Sunday we're gonna dress up in our African garb, but we're not gonna talk about it. We're just gonna dress in our African garb. They got to be more, more focused, more verbal about it. You know, more deliberate. We've got to be more deliberate. I, I, I do notice that in more of the sports events, in addition to the national anthem, they are singing the black national anthem, which is a, a tremendous improvement. Okay. Okay. Uh, Pastor KL, you know, again, you're another one who's, you know, raised your kids in the school system. Do you feel like over the years there was just something that you didn't see and it would be nice if they were to? First of all, I thought you were going to say I'm old, so I'm glad you didn't say that. I just raised my kids <laughs> in the school system, so that's, that's, that's nice. Um, but but I think it. one of the issues is, is – is, oh, watch your mouth now. I think one, one of the issues in, in the um, – <laughs> in in our society now, well, not just now, but always been is that, you know, for, for them, I'll say them, the other side, you know, black history is traumatic and dramatic 
and they don't want to uh, expose certain things for, for in fear of what the reaction may be uh, from the kids and or the parents, you know, um, but, but it doesn't just have to be dramatic and traumatic. We, we've had had some first timers. We've had some inventors, you know, we, we, we've had some people, some people in history that's done some marvelous things that we don't speak about. So lastly, mm-hmm. the problem is not only from the school is that because the parents are children, they don't know about the inventors. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't know about slavery, let, let alone what we created. They don't know about the hot iron, um, uh, whatever curler that, that these people are burning their hair with back in the days. They, they don't know about stuff like that, you know, but, um, that's the problem. When, when you don't know yourself, you can't teach your children, and then you can't hold the people who are teaching your children accountable because you don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right, that's... gentlemen. What were you going to say, um, Pastor Vinny? No, I was saying that that's, that's really a good point. You know, I mean, the the... the... <laughs> My my mother, my mother was a good twenty five years older, you know, than 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 my older sister, <laughs> you know. So they came with a a, a wealth of, of of knowledge, <laughs> you know. That they had they had a different set of of uh, morals, a different set of values, and today you don't see that. You you don't see the distinction, you know. I, I'm not saying that the, the kids are being raised by a bunch of dummies, but they're being raised by people who don't have really the experience necessary, you know, to, to, to raise kids in this age. All righty. Thank you so much, gentlemen. You have definitely given us some thought-provoking words. And we thank you for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed weekend. Amen. You do the, you do the same. You, Meet me at that concert so we can get that money. <laughs> Okie dokie now. All righty. Let's get our benediction. We have... May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans 15, 5 and 6. So, I listened to the gentleman. Um, as they were commenting about, you know, whether we should have kept the uh, the black door, the colored door, and the white door, and just kind of reenact the segregation experience. And I think the teacher or teachers, they were on to something. I think one of the things that we lack in life is the experience of some things that would really help us to understand what it was like. And, you know, it's only so much you can tell people about back in the day. You know, we tell the story to our kids, you know, back in the day, you know, uh, we used to get a a bag of potato chips for a quarter, you know, our 
parents and aunts and uncles can talk about how they used to get it for a nickel and the bag, you know, would be full versus now we pay a dollar fifty and you've got a bag of air. You know, it's 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 only so much you're gonna be able to just talk about opposed to giving them the experience. And I honestly believe, like the gentleman, you know, that that depiction and living it for the month of February or any month, but for a, an entire month in a state where they still have a great deal of segregation, they just don't have the doors, they just don't have the water fountains, they just don't have, you know, this literal uh, sign, these signs out, if you will, but definitely you're living in a segregated um, society and you know what we're leaving or we're expecting our young people to now be the people in charge of tomorrow we need to help them understand what this really felt like because now they would possibly think about it differently and not perpetuate the same thing that was done, whether it was completely visible or that invisible segregation that, you know, North Carolina is still experiencing and, and pushing. I, I agree with uh, Pastor Vinny. They missed a golden opportunity to be able to do this. And unfortunately, um, for, for fear of backlash and all of these things, they compared it to the other instances of, of, you know, putting fried chicken and watermelon on the menu during Black History Month, um, the, the babies wearing blackface, um, you know, and stuff like that. They, they, I agree with the, the, the gentleman. They, they, there's no comparison here. You know, this here was a teachable moment, and, and as Pastor Kale asked, what were you teaching the babies when you put them in blackface? You know, um, the, the, the other two girls who one painted, you know, her face black, you know, blackface, and the other one who called her a slave, you know, what were you doing? You know, what was the point of what you were doing? And, you know, you... You compare this to that, which there, there's no there, there's no similarity. There's no similarity, as Brother Al said. You know, you you have a teachable moment versus a, a moment where you were making fun of. You know, you were not doing anything to enhance learning or you know giving these kids an opportunity to really see what life was like. So, you know, don't don't lean on that to justify your dismantling this this brown door and this white door. Unfortunately, with all the brains put together, they are not coming up with things that the children could ultimately benefit from. You know, what are you doing that would help these kids learn? That would like has been said, every single Black History Month is the same redundancy. You know, uh, you know Martin Luther King and, and Rosa Parks and things like that. You know, I took the time to read 
you know, a list of inventions that I, a lot of them I didn't have any idea a black person was behind. And I'm 57 years old. Um, definitely wasn't taught when I was in school and listening to my granddaughter and some other children. I don't hear any of that stuff coming up either. But, you know, what are you doing in, you know, during this teachable time? And I say that because the children are in school for the six hours, at least six hours a day. So, yes, you can take the time to not just Black History Month, but especially during Black History Month to, you know, really highlight. And, you know, now that they are they, they are uh, actually the Asians have a day where the children are off, um, then there was another day that they uh, instituted last year for another um, nationality. And now you had the kids have off for that, you know, to honor their, um, another uh, group of people. Since y'all are doing all of this, then, you know what, then, then utilize that particular month to focus on, you know, that group of people, if you will. Like Brother Al said, you know, just take the time to, to cross everything. Um, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's and, you know, kind of give these children a well-rounded understanding together. And I'm not saying that the church cannot be involved, and I'm not saying that this stuff should not happen at home. But I think, again, that now that you have all the children together, this would be a perfect opportunity for them to learn together. Because when the, when the thoughts are merged, if you allow them an opportunity maybe to work in groups, and you can see some of the stuff that they may come up with together get their brains going why don't you give them an opportunity to quote unquote invent um some things and and see you know what they come up with so this is definitely an opportunity that you can use to grow your children to help to expand their minds and you know what since you're in the business of teaching then teach and teaching and and now we've got to become a lot more creative while teaching this group of people so come on utilize this time to get it done and and that's that's my thought on you know that particular story and you know as we have closed out that month um of uh Black history, you know, it, it kind of pushes you into some other thought and some other movement, and definitely the wheels are turning. So I will see what I can do here on its due time to actually push in, in more ways than one and, and to become a lot more expressive and uh, see what we can teach here on its due time. What, what more can we talk about to bring light? to some things and then let's see how we can be a blessing to um to all of those who listen how can we be a blessing to god's people and that needs to be something that we all take part in you know we all should what are we doing with our children what are we doing with our nieces and nephews are we working harder to to fill in the blanks you know, years ago, the church used to be a lot more active um, in what they do. You know, we used to have 
more church involvement. You know, we've lost a lot of uh, bodies in the church. Church is not as populated as it used to be um, years ago, ever since COVID. You know, it, it cleaned out a lot of the churches, especially the younger set. You know, we don't really see a lot of young people in church. And the older people that are in church who are still going out to church are really going out to church because they are doing the the uh, remote thing. You know, it's the right thing to do to go to church. You know, they're not looking to change anything. They're not looking to upgrade. So, you know, we've got to also change the face of what church looks like, of what churches, the church's responsibility is. You know, the church used to be a great supporter of the home, a great opportunity to uh, help with the younger generation, to teach some things, to support in different ways. Now, you're not seeing a whole lot of that. So we we got to become a lot more creative. So let's let's work. Let's work together. Let's walk hand in hand. Let's make it happen. Let's come together to make it happen. Let's unite more. And, you know, a lot of these other nationalities, that's what they do. You know, they work together to build. You know, around here, over the last 10 years, you have seen a lot of these, um, I don't even know what to call it, to be honest, and, and I guess I should be a little ashamed, but a lot of the um, Pakistani um, people and, um, you know, they they have a lot of, they've merged a lot of the homes, they've connected, a, they, they've uh, built a, a bridge between two of the homes, they've expanded the size of these homes and they um congregate they congregate and i mean they really congregate and you know we don't do that for us you see 15 churches on one block not with them they are expanding their spaces and they're sharing their spaces and we don't work like that so come on let's get this together Everybody, let's work like God would want us to work and, you know, really show what harmony and unity is under the banner of Christ. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As we go through our day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off. And I want to thank my due time crew, my men, for always sending us into a thought-provoking weekend. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with us all week. Please do not miss this opportunity to accept Christ as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to any of us. This Sunday, we will not be in the Word Prayer Project room as our behind-the-scenes sister, Anika, 
um, has lost her father and we will be uh, celebrating his life early on Sunday. So we will not be in the prayer room. We don't want to do our prayer room without her. And uh, she needs to be included. So we're going to go over and give her some support. So God spares. We'll be with you Monday. So until then, I love you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.